are passionate to support communities of color that intersect with mental health issues. Hi, welcome back to Nopal Queens. This is episode six, and thanks for joining us today. We are going into a an uh, episode that's inspired by a recent show that you may or may not have watched yet called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo yes. on Netflix. Yep. And Marie Kondo, um, she's a best-selling author and acclaimed tidying expert. Marie Kondo is dedicated to inspiring the world to choose joy in their lives with the Marie method. Great. So we hope that you enjoy our session today um, and maybe pull some things you can use in your daily lives. But first, we wanted to do a Nopal Queen's check-in and talk about how we've been doing. So I will swing it over to La Luna. How have you been? Um, This is La Luna. I am doing, I think, well. I am in another transition in life. Um, and so just working things out. Um, now that I am licensed, just trying to figure out what what do I want to do next and kind of working through some um, uh, just kind of like self stuff and kind of trying to um, take care of my mental and emotional wellness mm -hmm. and, you know, focus on spending time with friends and allowing myself to take time to figure out the other parts of my yeah. life and telling myself it doesn't have to be figured out in a day. So other than that, I think yeah. I'm doing all right. And I feel like you're maybe in an exciting place where you're like, what does my licensure life look like? Uh, yeah. Like you've been an intern for a long time. So yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of, that's where I was when I first got licensed. I was like, now what? It's Am I weird. supposed to like <laughs> do all these cool, crazy things? I'm like, or? do I have a life now? Where yeah. are the unicorns? Am I where supposed the fireworks? To feel like you have magic now, basically. Yeah, yeah but exactly. it's weird because yeah. if you think about it, um, and I was talking to friends, I was like, my whole life I had an agenda, right? Like yeah. you have to go to grad school and you have to complete this many hours or you have to get a bachelor's, you know? So in school, it's this cookie cutter. Like you have to do all these things to get this expensive paper. So, true. so right. now that you're, that I'm done with them, we're all done. I was like, oh shit, like what comes next? Because now there's now nobody telling me what to do. And it's like almost this like existential crisis. I'm like, who am I? I don't know. No one's telling me that That's I have a to good do point. this. That's such a good point. It yeah. is very cookie cutter. Yeah. yeah. And then when you get licensed, it's like, now you get to be who you want. And you're like, what is that? Basically, I don't know. all the doors open and you're just like, but how do, how do I where choose are they? a door? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Where, do, where do I find door? the door? Exactly. And it's like, how do I navigate, you know, life so, now, now right. that I'm not being told now that I actually get to be strategic and choose. So yeah. now I'm finding myself like, Oh, we have to, I have to research stuff yes. or research companies or agencies. And what do I want to do? Yeah. What is my thing? I'm like, Oh, can someone just tell me? So because I love you, I'm going to reframe what you said yeah. and just say <laughs> that you are now opening up your own yeah. like definition of what you are as a licensed person. So and weird. it's exciting that you're figuring out what that's going to look like. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, where I am. So I'm glad that I have my uh, co-partners here to kind of help oh. me on this weird journey. La Rosa will be joining us pretty soon in the licensure club. Yeah, still Woo. studying. Woo! <laughs> How are you oh, doing, La Rosa? Yeah. Uh, uh, today I am doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the past two months, like with the holidays and just some personal things, it's been very stressful for mm -hmm. me and it, it's been kind of like an emotional hangover like two months later. I'm just like still feeling it. So I'm trying to manage that day by day. But mm -hmm. today I feel OK. I did a little self-care this morning. Um, but yeah, still studying. I have a month to go. So hopefully by when this no, this episode won't be out yet. 
Um, it'll be right before my test. So hopefully <laughs> in a few episodes, I can tell people that I'm licensed yeah, and I'm awesome. done. You can yes, do it. we know you're going to get there. Yeah. But that's me. How are you, Lassirena? <laughs> so this is La Sirena, and I am doing really well today. I'm just really excited that we're getting into episode six and moving closer to our episode 10. I feel like that's a big benchmark. Yes. And I'm just, you know, if for all of you listeners, the three of us started as therapists, we have no idea what we were doing when we decided to do podcasts, yes. but we did know that we belonged at the table with our knowledge and our experience. Yeah. And so now that we like took that leap of faith, it's proving that we did belong at the table this whole time. And yeah. so with each episode, I just kept getting more validated and affirmed that I'm more than the sum of my parts and yeah. maybe some things in my life are challenging, but uh, most of the things that I'm doing have been like having some good outcomes. So mm-hmm. my leaps of faith have been proving to be positive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Snap, snap, snap. So I'm just trying to um, affirm that, that we, we belong here and I'm starting to really feel that. All the love. Yes. yes. And thank you, all our followers, new yes. friends. Yes. It's over been great. Media. You're yes. all amazing. Our Insta feed gives us life mm-hmm. when we see all the posts it's so cool to see different backgrounds opinions and things that you all post it's been so much fun just to look at the feed and yes. see like what everyone's up to yeah, yeah definitely so we're all with you right now as you may or may not be watching the new tidying up with marie kondo i know i have loved that show yeah. and just sidebar like my makeup drawer and all my like my clothing drawers look bomb right now <laughs> my calcetines, my chonies all yes, in order. Right. I'm like, ooh, and Nick's getting ready in the morning faster because yes. I can find stuff. I can find yeah. things. I know it's when I'm funny. running low on the <laughs> on the calcetines yeah. and stuff. I yep. find that I find more stuff in my drawers, like yeah. more space. I'm like, oh, I need to go yeah. buy some more things. So I don't know if it has the same effect like, on me. Like I tidied up. Now I have more space. That's funny. <laughs> mine up. was like, to fill up. Mine was like, I want to get rid of everything. And then my partner was freaking out because they knew it was going to mm-hmm. spill into their stuff. And they're like, Lego collections from there when they were kids and they were like, no, don't touch my, don't stuff. Touch my stuff. Yeah. And I've kind of been throwing shade because they'll tidy be like, up on your side. Yeah. My partner will be like, I can't find this. I was like, well, if you'd use the Marie Kondo method, maybe you'd find your socks. And then they just, <laughs> well, look she at me also like, said to respect. Their I process. know. And I was like, <laughs> I just want you to be a cleaner. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> well, being in love and passionate about mental health, because that's who we are. Yeah. We just immediately saw so many parallels to our work as therapists with our clients and how the the therapy sessions that we have look a lot like what we see on the shows. We're like, that's exactly what we want our clients to do. We want them to start with the stuff that's the easiest. We want to show them how to do it, but we won't do it for them. There's just a few parallels that we thought we'd take this time to really explore and mm-hmm. use our inspiration to talk about tidying up your mental health with Nopal Queens. Yes, yeah. Queens! So we want to talk about what emotional clutter is. So that's Mm. stuff in our life, our feelings and our thoughts that have served a purpose before, um, but currently might be dragging us down or not letting us being able to function. So uh, we have like two kind of broader topics we want to talk about. One is defense mechanisms. The other one is distorted thinking. I'll start off with defense mechanisms, um, specifically projection. This is one I see a lot Mm -hmm. with people. uh, Sometimes I am guilty of doing Happens this, to the best of us. <laughs> but this is projecting my thoughts onto someone else. So how I'm feeling, I might be projecting them on my partner, on my siblings, um, 
hopefully not my coworkers, but it could happen. Um, but this could be like, I'm so angry. And then I just project all of that on someone else. I'm like, why are they so angry with me? Or why are they being so angry? Or if I'm very anxious about things and then I complain about other people's anxieties, like, oh, why are they so anxious about it? Just let it go. Um, do you guys have any example, other examples of projection in your life? Yeah, maybe even making decisions for somebody, like deciding mm, what their emotions yeah. are because that's what your emotion is. Yeah. So one way that I've seen projection play out in therapy sessions is um, – say a family member is really anxious for their for their child and yes. they're like oh my god they're going to fail oh my gosh they're going to do do all these things oh my god and the the parent is so worried about failing themselves that they just project that their child is going to like fail or things kind of become a little bit more stressful than they need to be um, when I have to hold the space and say, mm-hmm. maybe you, let's spend a little bit more time on what your thoughts are, what's coming up for you. And then there I find that the parent is actually extremely yes. you know, anxious or they're feeling a lot of different things. And yeah. then through their lens, project and say that the child is feeling those things. Yes. And so, yeah, that yeah. one is a winner. That's yeah. the one you we see the see most. We see that a lot. And we see <laughs> yeah. that in personal relationships too, yeah. where yeah. someone's feeling inadequate um, yeah. with their, and, and, and it's not true. And so they project that onto their partner and like, you know, make things a lot more like heightened than it really is mm-hmm. because they're maybe afraid to get the, to that secondary emotion of like, I'm feeling vulnerable or I'm feeling like I'm not doing things well. And therefore they put that onto their partner. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it mm-hmm. creates a mess kind of in conflict because mm-hmm. they're not able to get to that root. Right. Yeah. Like you have thoughts that are filtered through your lens in life and then you put those thoughts or assign those thoughts to someone else. And so some ways that you might know you've done that is someone says like, well, that's not how I feel. You maybe you chose that for me. Or mm-hmm. don't put it, words in my mouth. And then you're like, oops. Yeah. So and you're just trying flag. to protect yourself because, you know, yeah. those feelings are yeah. overwhelming. So you're like, yeah. maybe if I put it on someone else. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they maybe say, if, if I'm sharing this with yeah. someone else, maybe they're going through it too. So it makes me feel more valid that yeah. I have these thoughts. So you must be going through it, right? Yep. Where yeah. maybe that person isn't, but that doesn't mean you going through it isn't okay too. Yeah. Yeah. An- another defense mechanism is undoing. So this is the process of avoiding punishment for our thoughts. So this could be a person um, that might be cheating on their partner. And in order to undo all of his um, actions, he spends like a thousand dollar shopping spree on their mm-hmm. partner. Um, so it's ways of how, how do you undo something so you're not punished for it? Um, another one is reaction formation. So this one helps us release our anxiety and guilt associated with um, a true impulse. So this one is like a person who hates their boss, but every time their boss comes around, they're best friends. He's like, oh, my God, I love you. Let's hang out all right. the time. Yeah, and we all have people that we know that have done that. And you're like, uh, I've what? had an interesting experience with this. I had found out that a coworker told my boss um, a couple of things that – Again, it could be projection, but, mm-hmm. you know, a couple things about me and my work style. And my boss, even though she told me it was all kind of unfounded, I felt like it was like a a, a made-up issue. Um, nonetheless, that's what this person shared with me. Well, when I would see this coworker around work, they were so nice, like extremely nice. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, that's really interesting because you had shared something negative but you're in front of me right now being really, really sweet. Is that how that works? And I just thought, 
oh my gosh, yeah. that that's a real thing. I think yeah, that they're they, overcompensating. They're overcompensating. Yep. And for me, I stayed neutral because I always like the saying, what you think about me is none of my business. <laughs> so it doesn't really affect me or my daily life. So I'm neutral, but I watch this person go through their own reaction formation process by overcompensating and being very, very sweet to me. Yeah, like the opposite uh, yes, of what they knowing knew. what I knew about what they had done, I re- it was fascinating to me. Like my therapist side came out, and I was like, "Wow, I'm observing <laughs> objectively how this person is overly nice." You know, and of course, I'm nice to them always, but it was really interesting to see my mm-hmm. own experience with that because I never yeah. get to hear the inside. Right, you only see the sweetness; you never get the insight that they were actually potentially talking about you. Yes. And for me getting to see both sides, I was like, oh, that's how that that works. But remember, folks, always stay curious. Don't go to judgment. Don't let it impact your emotions. People are complex. People are complex. So I have a lot of love and empathy for that person. But yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, We also have, um, we're going to talk about distorted thinking. Mm -hmm. Luna's going to take over that part. Yes. So we're going to get into some distorted thinking. And these are things that we may not realize that we're doing. So we're here to provide some information just to give you all an idea. Is this something that's present in your life? So all or nothing thinking is basically when you're thinking in black and white. So it's an inability to see the shades of gray. So either something is all good or all bad. So if you have a day that maybe didn't go so well in the morning, you automatically tell yourself my whole day was horrible. So it's almost impossible for you to say, well, my morning started off bad, but overall I had a pretty good day. So it's either, no, it was all good or it was all bad. I would say that's a life hack. Yeah. That's a life hack. Once you know about all or nothing thinking and gray area stuff, that's when you can really start working on your credibility at work as a friend, you know, as a professional, just being able to always see that there's a middle ground and not being an alarmist or jumping to conclusions. Yeah. That two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. My day was bad, but also it got better towards the end Mm -hmm. and both of them can be true and live like dialectics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we also have overgeneralization. So this takes, um, it, you generalize to an overall pattern. So it can lead to overly negative thoughts about oneself or one's environment. So for this one, I'm trying to think of a good example. If you've ever been a student and you were doing poorly, like in one class because of one exam. Yes. And you just sort of overgeneralize like school sucks. I'm not good at this. I don't belong here. I would like, oh, yes. let's just I'm not even thinking about grad school. Like, yeah, I can't even get through this. Yeah. We also do this as adults. So let's Mm -hmm. say there's a job that you really wanted and you interviewed for it and you didn't get it. So then you might go home and tell yourself, I'm not good enough. I wasn't smart enough for that position. I'm never going to find a job. I'm not going to get, you know, to work in this field. So we take one negative experience and make mm-hmm. it, yeah. we make it a fact. I think mm-hmm. like we're processing, trying to rationalize like what yeah. happened. And then we just kind of take it overboard. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, and then all these bad things. Yeah. And we beat mm-hmm. ourselves up. Right. Yeah. Because those things don't feel good. Those messages that we tell each other yeah. don't feel good. And those and that comes back to what we had done a post on this. But feelings aren't facts. Mm-hmm. And so overgeneralizing is sort of when you're letting your feelings determine the facts and not looking at the objective. Like maybe you were not chosen for the job, but you were came in in the close second. But you don't know the process and you didn't see that. Maybe they were just like it was really hard to be doing you and someone else. And maybe the other person was already in inter- like an internal candidate, mm-hmm. you know. And so you never know, like if you didn't get a job that you wasn't that you were bad. Yeah. 
that maybe you were a close second. And so if you have to just remind yourself, like everything has to be taken in stride and mm-hmm. not overgeneralize so fast. Exactly. And we also have filtering. So filtering is basically what it sounds like. So we filter out like the positive things and we only pick out the negative things. So it's like we're actively looking for something negative either throughout that day or throughout that experience. And then that and that defines the whole experience. So let's say you go somewhere Maybe and a family event. Oh, uh, yeah, that <laughs> happens a lot. Do you have a specific like example for that one? Man, you name it. Just any big family party. But like being Latinx. Everyone's yeah. at the yeah, everyone's gonna be at this big party. Um, maybe you have like an annoying like conversation or you know, somebody's being a little ignorant or maybe sexist or racist or maybe even just like yeah there's just someone there who you had a really hard conversation with or you're hearing them and you're like really do I have to put up with this again Mm -hmm. like then you walk away from that party and you're like oh it was terrible that person was there they always make me so mad you didn't even notice like wow the hostess or host really put like some effort into the food and decorations I had fun dancing it was so nice yeah it was so nice that they had dancing I saw someone I didn't see in a long time yeah Yeah. you completely oversee all of these like gold nuggets because you're just focused on that one One event or situation that Mm -hmm. got to like dictate the entire thing. And it's like, Oh, I'm guilty of this. I think it happens to the best of us. (laughs) I do that a lot. It's like we're human. And so, but to, to bring this out is like a first step of that, of acknowledging and creating Mm -hmm. awareness. And then we get to decide, okay, now that we have these reminders, what do we, you know, what do we do with Mm -hmm. them? So we also have, um, and this one happens a lot, jumping to conclusions. So specifically mind reading. So, it's the belief that we know what the other person is thinking and we jump to that negative conclusion. So I often, I would say we probably see this a lot with partners, right? Like where we assume that our partner's mad at us because maybe there's something going on internally that you're not communicating. So then you tell your partner, why are you mad at me? And then I know my partner's done that to me and they're like, what makes you think that I'm mad? Or I'm literally watching TV. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, well, you just look mad. And they're like, what are you what and the, but then that's me saying whoa there's something going on inside of me that I'm not communicating and it's causing an insecurity and I'm assuming I'm jumping to the conclusion that my partner is feeling this way but yeah. that conversation yeah. never happened I'm just mm-hmm. I'm telling myself like oh I'm I'm reading their mind and it's like no there was no mm-hmm. facts there that proved that what I was reading into was there yeah. yeah. And I think if we have a lot of like adverse or not as helpful past experiences, mm-hmm. like, well, this is how my old relationship used to be. And this is how my partner used to act. We kind of put those onto someone else. So kind of the projection part, but also jumping into conclusions, you know, you already know how this is going to end. So you mm-hmm. already start that like conversation or start that conflict. Yeah. And also the fact that maybe someone is checking out your cool hair or looking at a necklace that you're wearing. I'm guilty of looking at someone and just look. I'm like, oh, my God, look at their hair. Look at that. Oh, I hope they don't think I'm just like staring at them and judging them. Yeah. Yeah. Or you think they're talking (laughs) shit about you. You're like, what? What are you looking at? But what if they're like admiring (laughs) something about you? Because I know I've been on that side. I've looked at strangers, but I'm admiring something about them. Or I might tell my friend, like, look, look, look at those shoes. But if they're far enough away, they can't hear me. That might look like me talking about them. So I'm always mindful like, hey, if it's easy enough for me to look at someone and compliment them and tell my friend about, it's easy enough for someone else that might be looking at me that they might be doing that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So the other person could definitely jump to conclusions. That was a big one. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, or friends are having like a hard day and they're a little down and you think like, oh no, I'm not fun to hang out with. But maybe it's like they are going through something and they're just not in a good headspace. But then they open up to you later and say something like, I'm so glad I can talk to you. And you're like, oh my God, this whole time I've not <laughs> yeah. even been anywhere near like on the chopping yeah. block. In fact, they were waiting to talk to me. Yeah. And I'm over here freaking out that they were like in a bad mood. Yeah. And like, it might well, be me. Yeah. So then I, the one of the best things I learned in grad school is like, oh, you're not that powerful as a therapist and the universe, like you just can't control the universe and you're not the mm-hmm. center of it either. So yes. in the, in a good way, yeah. <laughs> let, let some of that go. It's sometimes yeah. not about you at all. but And it's hard because I think we tend to personalize things all yeah. the time. And it's a hard thing to learn, like to tell yourself, hey, that really has nothing to do with me. Or I can receive constructive criticism and it's not a fact about who I am as a person. It just means, hey, this area maybe needed to be tidied up or this or that. But we tend to personalize it and then we kind of go down this like spiral of like putting yourself down Mm -hmm. the guilt and the shame and it's a vicious cycle to break and that's why so these are two categories everything we just talked about either falls under a defense mechanism or distorted thought and we like to parallel these two things that you've acquired over the years you might have gone to different events conferences that um, you know you just you accumulate clutter or yeah, yeah quinceaneras party or you know just things that you've gone to in your life that you have like little drawers of things that little flashlights batteries I don't know paper cl- I don't know miscellaneous miscellaneous like junk things. drawer just junk they drawers. have a whole mess of stuff you don't that you're know like, what <laughs> is in here you don't know when you started but you just know it's there now yeah. and so in the same exact way think about defense mechanisms and distorted thoughts as little pieces of clutter that you just collected along the way in your life. It's not that you knew or you know or don't know that you're doing a lot of these things, mm-hmm. um, but how do we tidy it up? Maybe there was a bad relationship that you were in. Maybe there was a toxic work environment. Something made like, you develop this defense mechanism to help you to survive in that moment. It served a purpose. Yeah, it served a purpose. Your distorted mm-hmm. thoughts protected your brain and your emotions at one point in front of someone. But again, like that lanyard I got from the conference two years ago, there's not much other places that's useful for. And so I might need to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that same way, some of these might have been useful at some time. We want to show compassion for that. But we also know that if it's time for you to tidy up in some of that clutter, yeah. Because you want an area of your life to be better, then that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, to give you that permission to declutter your life and to take Mm -hmm. those steps. Yeah, take those brave first steps of doing that. So we're going to take a little break. And then after we get back, we're going to get into how do you tidy up your mental health. Yes, So welcome back from our break. We're going to open up our second half with this quote from Marie Kondo. When we really delve into the reasons for why we can't let something go, there are only two, an attachment to the past or a fear for the future. Dang, that was a deep. Got me all up in the feels. I don't know. Am I ready? (laughs) So we're really inspired by Marie Kondo. Again, we were talking about her show. We watched it. We saw a lot of parallels between that and our work as therapists and um, just to go back again, their Marie method, if you haven't watched the show, she has you organize uh, your belongings based on category. And then there's just four benchmarks that she asks um, folks to go through and with each of their belongings. And it'll either the four are, does it spark joy? 
is it necessary? Does it work? Does it have a place to live in your life? And again, we just saw so many parallels of the work that our clients do in our therapy session. So we're inspired by this. And we're going to take three of her tips and uh, dive deeper into that, how it can also work for you if you're wanting to declutter your emotional um, things that don't work for you anymore and your old habits yeah. uh, or what we're calling today is emotional clutter. And so we hope that these three tips that she gives and and the, the spin that Nepal Queens has on this can help declutter your emotional um, mental health. Yeah, and support your wellness. And yeah. support your wellness, that's right. So the first one that we have, um, that she, her one of her tips is taking good care of your things leads to taking good care of yourself. And our spin on that is, in fact, taking good care of your mental health does lead to taking good care of yourself. Yeah. Yes. And what think, do we all think? Uh, I know we've been posting a lot about this lately, kind of taking care of yourself. Um, we, as therapists on the other side, we kind of use this, is it an analogy, a metaphor of the linen, <laughs> the linen closet? We use something. <laughs> we use <Okay>. something, imagery <laughs> uh, of a linen closet. Um, kind of when we start therapy, we sometimes have to do a broad assessment about what's going on in our lives, and we have to take everything out and kind of look at it, and you know, like, organize it put it in different categories so that's kind of like the broad focus of therapy we're not going to do that in a day because that would be so draining um, <laughs> yes yeah but we want to look at it like we're folding and reorganizing like linens and towels back into the closet we want to spend time with these different um experiences in our life and kind of find meaning if in them and kind of find whether it does spark joy i still want to keep doing it and you're like nope, this experience doesn't serve me anymore. And uh, finding a process of letting that go in some way, but also being thankful because that's a big part of it. She kept re-emphasizing in the show was being thankful for experiences or for things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I really love that. I guess it would be like a metaphor. I guess it can also be an analogy. But and that, that messy linen closet, only because I also have a very messy linen closet. <laughs> and I know that it feels really good when I take out all my towels mm -hmm. and I fold them. But you know what? I tend to fold my fitted sheets last because those suck the most. And so oh, there's yeah. even like parallels in what we do with our clients. Uh, going, We'll go into yeah. that a little bit later. But basically, yes, taking care of the things that you have. So that dirty, messy linen closet, it doesn't mean that I'm going to throw away blankets and sheets be just because they're not folded right you don't the mm -hmm. goal is not to just throw everything away it's to actually take an effort yeah take those things out fold them neatly put them back in mm -hmm. and yeah. you might be the only one that can do that for your closet but a therapist helps guide through that process yeah. and um, something that we want to share also just like when we take everything out things look like they get worse before things get better. Just like yeah. there was that one episode where the clothes were like piled up to the ceiling yeah. and I was just like, oh my goodness. It was really hard for them to see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But sometimes you need to like see that and gr build that awareness to kind of see like, oh, that is really impacting yeah. my life. Because yeah. yeah. if not, we can hide it within our little crevices of our right. being. Yeah. And that's why you'll hear your therapist has a natural curiosity for who you are because that's what they're helping you do. They're kind of getting some of the things out of the closet and onto the bed, like that analogy. Mm -hmm. um, your therapist will ask a little bit about your history, what your relationship mm -hmm. is to certain things, um, medical history, mental health history. Uh, they just want to know kind of what's in your closet right now. What are we even working with? I'm not sure yet what we're going to do about fixing it or that it needs to be fixed, but I just want to know what we're working with. Mm -hmm. 
So we, along with that, like the bigger areas that we assess is work, life, spirituality, friends, family, finances, and health. Mm -hmm. So I feel like these areas are areas that we can help support you in tidying up your emotional health. So uh, the second tip that we want to go into is choose what you can keep, not what you want to get rid of. So, ooh, that's so a, when that's I a hear that, one. I know I love that because what she's saying is choose what you want to keep, not what you want to get rid of. It's very optimistic. It's focusing on the positive, like what we were saying earlier, like the, the idea that you could filter and emphasize on the negative or you could choose what you want to keep in your life, which means you actually have to look at the positive things. Mm-hmm. So in order to see what you want to keep, you do have to focus on the things that are working. And that's why in therapy, we also assess strengths in the beginning. Yeah. Because you do come to the table with a lot of strengths. Mm-hmm. You're just overshadowed or or that's minimized by all the negative experiences or thought processes that you have. Um, and so going into that, Marie Kondo also touches on this thing where she tells people, um, you may not have it. You're going to have to build your sensitivity to joy over time because some folks she realizes when they put all the stuff on their beds, they have a really hard time like picking and choosing like they don't know what brings them joy or or even some people who might have heard the show or seen it. And they're like, I don't really buy into that. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean sparks joy? Like, what does that yeah. even mean? And and she does address it very nonjudgmentally. She doesn't own that you have to or not, but she basically says, if you don't get that feeling of joy, maybe you're not, you know, you have yet to build your sensitivity. Yeah. And I think that's what we do in therapy is like, you're not sure yet maybe how to think positively, but we'll help you build that over time Mm -hmm. and you will get better at it. So it's this idea that you're growing in your process. You don't have to arrive at the destination at the beginning. And it's a, I think a journey and a process. And there's Mm going to be things that in that moment in time, even on the show, there was things that they were ready to get rid of and declutter. And there were things that they weren't yet ready to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So there were some items that they wanted to hold on to. And throughout your journey and your mental wellness, that's going to happen because you will go through different transitions in life where you may be ready now in that space to say, okay, I'm ready to maybe declutter a little bit more. So each event or experience or thing that you go through in life, you will continue to grow and you will get into different spaces where you might be more open to revisit certain areas and do a little bit more work and dig mm-hmm. a little deeper each time. And that's okay if you're not ready to do it in the beginning because it takes time to get there and giving mm-hmm. yourself your permission to say, I will get there and I'm taking steps, realistic steps mm-hmm. to move in that direction. And do you think too, like when we talk about getting rid of things, do you think that instills some kind of sense of fear in clients or people? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think huge mm-hmm. also in the Latinx culture. And it's, a, it's I mean, it's a lot yeah. more complex that. term, get that. rid of. It's like, oh my God. It's a trigger. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get rid of my no, cosas. Necesito like, eso. Necesito todo. Yeah. It's like, um, you really need these things that you brought from a hospital? Yeah, I need them all. Mm, I don't know, dad. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just, it makes it sound so much scarier when are talking about getting rid of things versus what you want to keep. And then mm-hmm. some things have to go so you can keep these other things. Yeah. That sounds more like, oh, I can do like a more I positive that. framework. Yeah, yeah a realistic, get rid. like gentle, supportive way to to get them in that space versus mm-hmm. like, no, you have to do this. You have right. to get rid of these things. Like right. that's threatening and scary. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not ready. Right. So do you think some of our clients will have like behaviors that we know we're not mm-hmm. ready to even tell them to get rid of yet? Right. Because maybe their homes are not safe enough yet. Like, you know, yeah. maybe 
their relationships aren't there yet where they can be safe enough to start talking about how they're feeling. Like, yeah, or it might not be a place to tell them that at that moment. Maybe right. we need a little bit more information to know would this be a safe thing to support them with mm-hmm. developing or, or do we need to give them a little more time to get there? Right. Or are we working with like maybe, um, you know, in relationships, one person holds the power in the relationship over the other. And so somebody Mm -hmm. might not feel safe changing yet until Mm -hmm. they know that other person is also getting help on how to respond. So often we'll work with parents when we're working with the children. Yes. Because we want to make sure the parents are ready for when the child says, hi, I feel like really discouraged when you talk to me like that. We want to make sure the parent's ready to hear that because that's pretty assertive yeah. and healthy communication. If they have the emotional stability to yes. support and facilitate that conversation and mm-hmm. it's not going to harm the person that's doing the work. Yeah. Right. And I think with the collaborationists you see on the show, there's like friends or family that come along yeah. with them to support mm-hmm. them with that journey. And there's going to be times where I remember that one lady who had her husband pass away. She's mm-hmm. like, no, I need to do this oh, yeah. by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be different journeys with that. So I know we're going right. to touch that in a little bit. Yeah. So we do encourage you when you're decluttering your emotional clutter is that choose the things you want to keep. So instead of getting down on yourself about, you know, we were talking earlier around defense mechanisms and um, so instead of saying, oh man, that's, I do that. Oh, I'm terrible. Just say, you know, that's something that I'm going to think about. But what I do do well is I really care about my friends or mm-hmm. I really care about my, you know, my spirituality or I really care about my finances. Think about the things that are working and then see if you can pull some of those strengths into the other areas of your life. Yeah. So like ideas like commitment, courage, what are some other ones that, you know, folks typically overlook in themselves? Resilience. Like resiliency. Yeah. 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 Just like reframing. Like I have strengths. I just didn't put those strengths into this area but like before and now mm-hmm. I want to. Yeah. yeah. And I think you can also think about like how do I want my life to be like in the future mm-hmm. and kind of uh, how do you shape your behaviors and shape your life to kind of get you in that journey to yes. that. Yes. Isn't that one of her methods? So she says yeah. like visualize your future. Yeah. Because the current way that you organize your life is going to help you towards that goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Right. Yeah, and I it'll help that. you for um, against relapse too. Like mm-hmm. relapse might happen, but that like you have a goal. Like I want to get there. That's a motivator. Yeah, to kind of keep striving for it and keep working through it and giving yourself permission and time to mm-hmm. kind of go through your stages of decluttering. Right, because we want to emphasize all the experiences you've had in life. You have just brought with you or developed habits along the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are good habits, but some of them were typically just that you were surviving or you were doing the best you could in the moment with what you had, or you know, people around you might have not had the resources to support you, so you had to create something of your own. So you just have all of these things that kind of follow you. And what we're asking, you know, or touching upon in this episode is just like. Figuring out the strengths so that those can define you and then see what you might want to get rid of that doesn't fit in your future anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But because you're focusing on what can be possible when you let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So the third one is don't compare your performance to that of anyone else. You are the standard. Dang, another deep yeah, one. I know. I love these. For <laughs> mental health, this one is so important because we do do this a lot. And oftentimes we do put ourselves down and we compare ourselves to friends, to colleagues, to families, especially also even in mental health. We compare 
other people's mental health journey to our own. And so if someone is in a different stage of their therapy or their mental health, it's okay for us to not be in the same place because we have our own work and our own decluttering to do and to give ourselves permission to say, I don't have to be where that person is at. Their journey is different. Their experiences are different and mine are unique in my own way. And I will do my work and I will see progress um, as I go through my journey. And I don't, it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. There's so many factors that go into how quickly you'll progress with your mental health Mm -hmm. that there's just almost no way to compare yourself to others. Maybe when they do, um, because therapists do have to do assessments and like um, test for uh, levels of depression and anxiety. And in that, there's like some aggregate numbers where like typical people in this age range, this is the typical yeah. level. And this mm-hmm. is the clinical threshold where yeah. you might have some clinical stuff going yeah. on. So there are some standardized tests, but even when I give those out to my clients, I'll say, okay, this inventory says that your your depression levels here. The average person for your age range, it's here. I said, but this is one number. What of this makes sense to you? And what of this do you feel is not really telling the whole picture? I always have to ask those two questions because there is some level of normalcy or standardized, I guess, levels because we do need to have some kind of threshold to, to get to. But there's also not like one definition. So say you're you're in therapy or you're trying to work out like dynamics following a divorce, um, but your parents really liked your partner and they're kind of they're not really supportive that you were divorced. Mm-hmm. Versus another family where your parents are really supportive, they really were glad that you got this divorce. Those two people are going to have different progress. Um, journeys because their environments support them differently. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no right or wrong way. It's just sometimes your environment and your your factors will kind of help determine. So you can't really compare yourself to others because they don't have the same exact variables you do. Exactly. Yeah. And I think some areas might get better and then other areas might take a little longer oh, to yeah. get better. That's true. Yeah. It's all like there's so many aspects of our life that we need to work on or potentially mm-hmm. to need to work on. So it's hard to even... Um, put that expectation on yourself. Like I need to be great in all of these areas. You're like just a little bit at a time, like a category at a time. One thing I notice about my clients is they'll often want to tell me everything all at once and fix everything Mm -hmm. all at once. And so sort of like the Conmarie method where you go by categories, I always say to approach your wellness that way as well. Mm -hmm. There are things that I don't want you to get into right away. If if I'm going to treat you for trauma symptoms, we're not even going to get into your trauma in the first few sessions. We're just going to talk about emotional regulation. How do you cope? Yeah. How? What are your strengths? Wh- <laughs> when are we going to have to use your strengths during this time? Because it will get worse before it gets better. Yeah. So we as therapists don't even get into some of the deeper things um, until later when we set the foundation of coping yeah. and yeah. healthy, healthy communication. And in that same way, for you, you may not be ready to dive into why you always get triggered by certain someone, but you started to notice your all or nothing thinking and you feel like, oh, that's an easy place I can start. Like that one is like a life hack. Like once you learn about that, I feel like anyone yeah. can do it for anything really. But then you get into maybe some of the more like um, overgeneralization and, and thoughts of like shame and doubt that might be that might take a little longer Mm -hmm. to work through than like oh I'm hearing my all or nothing thinking and I'll just (laughs) fix that and that'll be good but there are some deeper things that will have to come later so setting the expectation that you don't always have to 
clean out every single drawer all at once, right? Exactly. Yeah. You can take steps to declutter. It's almost like a house metaphor. You'll declutter, you know, each room of your house as you're ready for it. So you might start with, okay, I'm going to do the kitchen today. And so that might represent something in your life. So I'm going to work on my relationships and what do I want from my relationships and are, do they spark joy or do they bring something positive into my life? And so you'll go through bits and pieces as you're ready for them. And especially in therapy, when you're starting, when you're starting to do decluttering work, then, you know, a, you know, a good clinician will know when it will be appropriate to start digging deeper. They want to mm -hmm. see, we you know what stages of like your decluttering have you gone through and how can they support and guide you in doing the rest of the yeah. work? And so that's mm -hmm. a safe way, you know, to go through your journey so that you're not being re-traumatized or triggered. And then mm -hmm. you don't have the skills to be able to take care of yourself when you leave that space. Like, and now you say, okay, I have all these emotions and what do I do with it? So we always want to make sure that you have the skills and we, that we know your strengths so that we can support you in utilizing them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as a therapist, we guide you on like learning those skills. So we like role play them with you or yeah. practice in session. And we're like, all right, there you go. Take it away. Work on it on your, um, on your alone time. Mm -hmm. So as therapists, we can't fix it all for you. Like we, like La Luna said, we can start digging deeper, but we're not going to make you talk about it or force you into a conversation you don't want to be into. You can definitely say like, you know what, I don't want to talk about it. And then we just back off like, all right, next category. Or like, cool, what? cool, next. Yeah. <laughs> because it does. It Sometimes some rooms are harder or some areas mm -hmm. of our life are just harder to talk about. Yeah, and we might still be a stranger in your life. So yes. understandably, you may not want to tell me some things. <laughs> yeah. Stranger danger. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm on that side. Of, I'm and on the other side of stranger danger. I get it. I'm yeah. a stranger. So. And also, we are <laughs> complex humans. So yes. things are tied into other snap, things. And snap. so that's why mm -hmm. when you're in therapy... A clinician um, that knows their shit, basically, is going to know how to support you in containing it. Because mm -hmm. once you start, it could lead to something else and something else and something else. So we always want to make sure that your emotional wellness comes first and that you have the capacity to be able to work through some of these things. And if you're not quite there yet, then your therapist will guide you in supporting and containing it so that you can take, you know, appropriate steps and healthy steps to work on the decluttering and not mm -hmm. have to do it all in that what like right. 50 60 minute session yes because we have to remember some of this decluttering is like alcoholism substance yes. abuse things Childhood that you trauma will, you will not be able to solve at you know just one session in right. months and, and not even in months and maybe it takes a year because there's different things there's no yeah. guideline for when you have to have things figured out right. because things come up at different stages in your life and they serve a different purpose so as those stages and transitions in your life come up then that might be the time where you're like okay i'm now ready to tackle this phase of my life mm -hmm. or this one but it doesn't have to be a set oh i have to get through this in six months i have to figure this yeah. out in a year it's not a race no Right. And we're not wizards. So oh, I wish. definitely like, won't happen after the first session. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the Harry Potter so counselor. Generalize yeah. your therapy session. You're I mean, like, what? She oh, didn't yes. fix all of this. Ooh, good all point, right, Rosa. Done. So it's like, stick with it. It takes a while to get there to get that progress. But your Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that also means don't judge your your experience in therapy compared yeah. to other people's experience with yes. therapy and just lives. Um, so, and it's very hard in this world of social media to not do that. What I heard you say, because that was really important. What I heard you say is that sometimes people can overgeneralize their therapy session. Mm -hmm. 
So like, talk more about that. That was kind of a neat. Uh, I that even got me thinking right now. Like, <laughs> yes, that's, that could be yeah. a thing. Because I like it could be like uh, black or white think, thinking, yes. or just like, oh, today was a great therapy session. All my things were resolved. And there's other times where you're just like, wow, like I feel like we didn't talk about anything or we didn't do anything. Um, so you or like, my therapist didn't help me, so she must be a bad therapist. Mm. Therapy must not be for me. Yeah. Or you write off therapy because the yeah. first session wasn't you're like what you I thought. didn't get what I wanted. Yeah, and then yeah. Like, my life is not fixed yet. It, oh. I feel worse. That's interesting. I think yeah. sometimes people might unnecess- unintentionally mm-hmm. be doing that, and yeah. I myself have even um, maybe had thoughts like that in the past before I was a therapist that I, you know, it sounded scary to see a therapist Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that I might be that person who was like, if it doesn't go well the first time, I'm not going back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think there can be an exception to that. Right. So yeah. Talk about that. So the exception could be if you do meet a clinician, that's not culturally competent and really doesn't get Mm -hmm. you on a personal level or as a person of color, then yeah, you have every right to say, they didn't do anything for me. I'm out. Um, because Good point. that's the difference. It's not you not being able to have a need met right then and there. This is more of a deeper level. And yes, the connection does have to be there. They do have to be able to understand and see you mm-hmm. as a person and especially as a person of color and to have that validation in order for them to be able to guide you and support you through decluttering your life. Yeah. If that's not there, then yeah, go ahead and be like, nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's just because you didn't get something right then and there because you wanted it, then that might say, oh, my work's just beginning. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to look a little bit more into that. Yeah, I like the reframe. Yeah, you have to take a lot of things into account. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of abstract thinking because if we're just in our feelings, you're like, nope, this wasn't for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to really. Yeah. And being it's a your process feelings. of being in your process. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know the feels can get us into trouble when yes. we like, oh, I'm a Texas person. Whoops, shouldn't have done that. Or I'm going to do this. Whoops, shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's sometimes there's a lot of things we have to get rid of that aren't working anymore for us. And so I do like that other one of just taking your time and taking it step by step. Yeah. So, so, so far, some of the things that we've talked about in terms of decluttering your emo- emotional clutter, first of all, is the, the, the thing that maybe, have we heard that anywhere else? Emotional clutter? Um, I all don't right. know. We're going to get I the know. patent done then. Trademark. <laughs> We're going to trademark clutter. that. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so emotional clutter and knowing when you've picked up things along the way, one of the things is maybe, um, taking it step by step, knowing which room you're going through, through, and that some things are, sometimes it's going to be harder than others. Kind of seeing it like folding and reorganizing linens. Mm-hmm. You're not just throwing the everything out and buying new towels every time you open your closet. You actually want to take some time and take. So basically what we're saying is if there's some things in your past that have not been working for you, looking at them and reframing them to be more positive and maybe even let going of some of like shameful narratives around why yeah. you've been doing things. And then through therapy sometimes too, is where you can really look at some of these things. And then um, I forgot that, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but um, often I would tell my clients, they're always going to be there. The trauma you had will never leave. The therapy is not to get rid of the trauma. It's -hmm. to get rid of maybe the symptoms, but the trauma will be a part of your life. However, if it's folded and organized and it makes sense or, or you can get meaning from it, then you can live your life and move forward. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. define you anymore, but it does become a part of your past, but not a defining moment 
of your future. It's almost something that you now have control over. Yeah. That's so good. when you're organizing, yeah, that. when yeah. you're organizing your home and you're doing things like that, you're taking control of certain things. And so mm-hmm. like when you said like the linen closet and organizing things, your trauma will always be a part of it, a part of you. But the difference is now you have the skills, the insight, the mm-hmm. awareness and the balance to be able to manage it, to accept it and to have control over it versus in the beginning, oftentimes it has control over us and that's Mm. okay because we don't know what's going on or we don't know what this looks like in our body or we don't have that awareness. But when we do the narrative changes, because now you say, I know what, what meaning this had in my life, what purpose it served in my life or what, you know, what it did for me. And now I understand it. And now I have control so Mm -hmm. I can fold it. I can put it away. I can revisit it when I need to, but now I understand it. So it doesn't get to dictate my life and control every part of it. So we've assessed what area of their life that they want to improve, whether it's work, family, relationships, spirituality, money, or health career. Mm -hmm. And then we looked at the places where we could start folding up and tidying first. Yeah. And then using compassion, start to do a little bit deeper digging. Yeah. And then now that you've got all these things that you've looked at, um, when you are letting go of your stuff, the last part we wanted to finish on is the idea of letting go, but showing gratitude for the experiences of your life. Thanking yourself for the work you've done so far um, and for being able to be going into the future. Yeah. So I think that was a great, like, Marie Kondo ends with that, right? With that, when you throw the things away, you're not just tossing them; you're yes. thanking them, which I really like. Yeah. <laughs> so, because um, I thought that maybe like the thanking of the stuff, because I've been organizing my clothes and <laughs> your whole and life, you're like, uh. but now that I can get rid of like a purse I like, but I'm thanking it, I can get rid of it more. Like mm-hmm. it's easier for me to get rid of it if I thanked it because I think that's what I needed to yeah. do. I needed to acknowledge that it meant something to me and say goodbye. And it's say like goodbye. You, it's like if you have that attachment to it, you're like, no, but I wore it that one time and it looks so cute and I loved it. What if I need it again? But this, you're like, thank you for that great outfit. All right, goodbye. Yeah. And then I can totally yeah. get rid of it. And it, it totally applies That's to so like true. friendships and things like mm. that. Cause we outgrow people and saying, I'm thankful for that person that, you know, had a purpose in my life at that time. We had good experiences, but now maybe you're in a different place and you're ready mm-hmm. to move on from that or, pa- or a relationship or in mm. telling yourself, I still learned something from it. And, I became a different person or I learned things from it and I'm thankful for this experience and I can let it go or I can move on. It, it doesn't need to continue um, to take up space in my life. I love that. And yeah. I think that's where we're going to come end on our podcast yes. is to go around and talk about one thing that we ourselves have gone through in our life. We've had to tidy up some of the outcomes from that, but we are so thankful for that experience regardless. Um, okay. I would think the time of kind of stressful, a lot of things going Mm. on. Uh, I want to think that time because it really helped me kind of prioritize what is important in my life. Uh, whether it be family, my marriage, uh, my spirituality and kind of seeing Mm. like, okay, this is like when I have to cut out things that don't really matter. So, um, now I know like what really matters for me. And then knowing that I can manage these things, even though there's going to be times of rough waves, like, okay, there's going to be a time where it's going to be calm again. So I'm really grateful for those experiences. Awesome. 
I'm going to think and say no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm just picturing Marie Kondo showing people how to like say thank you and then put them in those plastic bags. So I'm saying no thank you and putting it in this plastic <laughs> bag. Um, I want to thank the worst job I ever had. <laughs> Girl, Which was preach. A, <laughs> I mean, we both have those. My worst uh. job. It was very toxic. Uh, it was heavily based in like a capitalist model. Uh, maybe it was a bank. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> and then and I want to thank that time because although it was really stressful, it really um, drove home the idea that I really truly was meant to help people be a therapist because I wasn't meant to take advantage of people and rip people off. And I left that job with some performance anxiety, but um, I since have decluttered that from my life and thanked what that was doing for me at the time. But now I'm in my career and doing what I love and will never ever just work for money. I will always work for people and um, background. I wasn't really working for money there. It was just my first job out of college. Yeah. So they paid well, but I realized it's not actually, that's what we're told, right? Like get graduate and get a really good paying job. Yeah. Well, I did that. That job sucked. Yeah. yeah. And it's not <laughs> right. Um, but I just think that time, because never again have I ever worked for money. I've always worked for my passion. And then I eventually surpassed that income anyways. Awesome. There nice. you go. So thank you. Next. Thank you. Yeah. And next. <laughs> In mine's, I think a little bit like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. It's kind of a positive reframe. So I kind of, I am thankful for my own experience and my own therapy with my own therapist because Ooh, therapists yes. can have therapists. Yes. Um, Cause you know, everything's mm -hmm. confidential. So we need somebody else to talk to. Yeah, that's right. I've got um, one. But so I think <laughs> I, I, I'm thankful for my journey with my own therapist because I went through the ebbs and flows of decluttering my life and learning how to shed narratives of being a daughter, um, you know, in an immigrant family, first generation, you know, first college student. So I had to learn how to shed roles and titles that did not need to pertain to me. So being the oldest and being a mother figure. So I learned different things mm -hmm. to let go of. And I learned how to restructure my life to still honor, love and support my family in a healthy way for me and what that looked like for me. So I gave myself permission to reorganize like air quotes, my house and focus on, okay, my living room symbolizes family and coming together. How do I organize that? My mm -hmm. friendships. I like that. So it helped me find balance in my personal life, my professional life. Um, and I'm thankful for it, even though there was times where I would spend like weeks just crying in my therapist's office. I'm like, Oh, where is this going to end? What is this feelings? What is this? So it was hard. It was hard AF. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There were some days where I hated my therapist. So you and had I was to like, fold some fitted sheets. Oh, hell yeah. Those, are fitted sheets are the worst. those damn sheets. I was like, you had so many fitted I was like sheets. how do you do this? There were some days where I was like, you don't know my life. Don't tell me what to do. You don't know me. But it, it, so it was good. It was good to go through that. So I'm mm -hmm. so thankful for that, even though it was hard, even though I went through so many emotions, it was a rewarding experience and a proud moment in my life to do that work for myself. Awesome. I, my work is not done, but it was a good place to start. That's amazing. Yes. So that's my uh, little positive <laughs> affirmation. Yes. Well, we hope that you also have support on your journey to yes. declutter your mental health and tidy up. Um, and we hope that some of these tips and insights and, and discussions are just the start. And we just encourage you to continue doing your work to um, get to the best version of yourself. Yay. 
Yeah. And so you can live your best life. That's yeah. right. And follow our posts on Instagram or follow us in general on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, listen to our episode. Share with your friends. Leave us a review. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for spending time with us today. Yeah. Thank you. Adios. 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 Bye. Bye.